Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Strength and Speed owner and Conquer the Gauntlet Pro, Evan Preparis. I've got two guests on the line with me. Before we get to them, though, a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Hylete. Hylete makes fitness apparel and backpacks. If you've ever seen me at a race, you've probably seen me carrying one of their backpacks because that's what I bring to every single race I go to, literally. Um, I've got the six-in-one backpack. It's awesome. Very versatile. I'm also actually sitting in my new Hylete warm-up pants. They're like the softest thing ever that have the CTG Pro Team logo on it that you'll see me in once race season picks up again this year. We're also going to talk a little bit more about Hylete later on towards the end. Let's bring on our guests. Now, obviously, this is an obstacle course racing focused podcast, but occasionally we like to do bonus episodes. So this is one of those bonus episodes. Our previous couple, uh, we've done one on the Winter Olympics from an Olympian, and then we've done two focused on gold star wives, so wives that have lost their husbands in combat. And, you know, with coronavirus being big in the news right now, I have two friends that I'm really close to about, we got a group of about 10 friends who we've been friends since high school and we still hang out, you know, even after all these years. And two of them are working as EMTs in New York and Queens specifically. So I wanted to bring them on just to, just to kind of show you behind the scenes a little bit about kind of what's going on in New York. So first we got a uh, Mike on the podcast and he's been doing EMT work for about 13 years total. So Mike, welcome. Hey, how are you, Evan? What's going on? And then we got one of my other good friends. We got Rob. Rob's been doing work EMS as an EMT for about seven years. So Rob, welcome to the show. Hey, Evan. Thanks for having us, man. It's good. Cool. Yeah. So like I said, you know, we look at the news and we see all these numbers and these statistics and, you know, even in, even just before I started this podcast, I was looking up at numbers, you know, and where I grew up in Nassau County, there's something like 26,000 cases of coronavirus. And where I live now in Missouri, uh, the county I'm in has like 25, pretty significant change there compared and obviously there's a lot of like population density and total population is a big different but you know i think people in the middle of the country are not seeing the same things that you guys are seeing in new york and where my family's from so i just just wanted to talk a little bit about it i guess mike take me through kind of what like a normal you know let's do pre-coronavirus take me through what like a normal uh night or day of work is kind of for you and then we'll go to rob and then we'll kind of do now that the coronavirus has kind of spiked. Yeah. So I was a paramedic with the city for about five years, and then uh, I became a fireman. So right now with us, with the firemen, we're just responding to cardiac arrest. So flat out, we're, we're just going to uh, people that have died in their homes with the virus. We're not, no, I'm sorry. I apologize. Not with the virus. Any, anybody that dies in their homes, we're, we're going. Previous to this whole epidemic, maybe about, on average, 20 people a day would die in their homes that we would respond to and either work them up, bring them to a hospital, or work them up. Unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about it, and 
and you know just uh and and pronounce them dead so that was about 20 a day on a normal day this time last year with with this whole epidemic i mean i'm not saying it's all from this virus you can't the numbers aren't there yet but i mean one day we had about 268 deaths occur at home somebody was throwing a number out there one day we had 350 it's uh, they're astronomical numbers, and uh, it's, it's stuff we've never seen before. Uh, it's it's actually really exhausting to uh, to work these and deal with them. The, the logistics just really aren't there to uh, to kind of sort through um, who's who and and what's what with these deaths. But it, I mean, it it can't be just a coincidence that this is going on. Gotcha. Now, Rob, you're working. EMS. So kind of tell us a little bit going on from your perspective. So prior to all of this happening, which was probably what I guess we would, we would start this at the beginning of March because we didn't really know what we were dealing with in February. Uh, back in February, it was just, Oh, this is the flu. And, uh, you know, we'll just get through this and that's it. But, um, you know, a normal day prior to all this, uh, I'm on a busier truck in South Jamaica, Queens. So on a, on an eight hour day, an eight hour tour, I would do six jobs. Once this started picking up, there was no more just doing South Jamaica, Queens. It was wherever, well, I'm the closest unit, South Jamaica, Queens, and I have to go to the border of Brooklyn now. Things got out of hand from there. On an eight hour tour, you would be doing eight, sometimes nine or 10 jobs. If, if you're pulling up and people had been waiting for hours and they would just go to the hospital themselves at that point because the call volume, which was an average of 4,500 a day back in February was skyrocketing on a daily basis. One of my last days of work was 5,700. And then once I got sick because I myself contracted the virus, I was seeing call volumes of 7,000 jobs a day. So things were just getting out of hand from there. And like Mike was saying with the number of arrests, I would still keep in contact with a lot of my guys that were staying healthy and going to these jobs and it is relentless. It's it, it's just, you, you can't even bring you down because you can't even fathom what you're seeing. I think you, you just don't even realize you're seeing it. And I think we're still not going to accept what we've seen until this is calmed down. I think Mike would agree with me on that one. I mean, I, I, I would agree with you. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's it's totally out of control. I mean, the numbers are back down. These, these job numbers, are, we're, we're going back down to where it's normal amount of calls in the day. Like you said, it was up to 7,000. I think yesterday it was around somewhere around 4,500. I mean, a normal day is what, Rob, like 3,000? Oh, uh, no, not anymore. I mean, we're, we're at oh, really? 4,500. Four, 4, Easter Sunday like was normal. like, I, yeah, I think Easter Sunday was right around 5,000 went back up a little bit Monday, but like you said, yeah. we are down in the 5,000s now, which is still extraordinarily high. Yeah. I, I think it's the sheer number of cardiac arrests that we're dealing with is really, uh, really affecting the, uh, the guys, the guys in the field on the streets. I talked to one medic who in a 16 hour shift did 20, he did 20 cardiac arrests. So now, that's just 20 dead people. If you 
go into those homes, you're sure there's a couple of people living in those homes who also have the virus. And if they don't have the virus, it, not, you're, all, you're dealing with like the emotional trauma of, of watching a family just come to an end, watching a family get destroyed. And it's, it's really taking its toll on these guys. So much respect for you guys. You know, you know, from the military side, all my deployments, I go someplace, do my job, and I work for two months to about 14 months, depending on the length of deployment. And I come home, and it is, it is a clean break. Like, I am no longer in that world. I am no longer part of the environment. And, and honestly, again, this is Evan's personal experience, right? Like, the worst, the really, really bad stuff I saw overseas, it was all... It wasn't against American. It wasn't American soldiers that were in those situations. Um, it was enemy or it was civilians that had um, met an unfortunate circumstance. And um, you know, to me, there's a there's a huge. I know it sounds maybe a little bit harsh, but there's a huge difference between seeing Americans in that situation and then seeing a you know different group of people in that situation. And then on top of that, you know, it's it's people down the street. You know, we we drive to and from the city and go through those neighborhoods. I mean, on a daily basis all the time for both for work and for, you know, leisure. So um, just a huge amount of appreciation for you guys. Cause like I said, my family's still up in New York and uh, you're not alone in that. I mean, um, I've heard that from military, uh, military guys a few times actually that, uh, that, you know, it's, it's like not patting myself on the back. Or, or whatever, but we're the ones that have to do it at home, and uh, with uh, specifically with the thing you said about dealing with uh, with Americans, it's it's uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. It's uh, it's different. Yeah, it affects you different. In Queens, it's not just I guess it's not just Americans. It's so diverse in Queens that you really don't know what you're walking into. So after like Mike said, those medics that were doing the 20 arrests, you know, every house they can walk into is, is a different ethnicity, a different language. To be able to talk to these families and explain why, why this is the last time they're seeing their loved one, you, sometimes you can't even do it. And that's, uh, that takes, and, and, then, and then when you're done not being able to explain, you're getting back in your ambulance and you're finishing your paperwork and before you can even process what you want to do next, you hit the button to make yourself available and you're called to the next. So you're not even catching your breath. You're hopefully taking a sip of cold coffee and you're going to the next body. I know. So I'm still part of the church that I got married in and uh, baptized my children in, in New York. And I'm getting emails every couple of days saying another you know, one to two parishioners have passed away uh, from the virus. So it's, I mean, it's pretty wild. You know, then, like I said, I'm now I'm in the middle of the country. I'm in the vicinity of Kansas City. And it's like, I mean, people just basically stay to themselves. And there's not much, you know, like I said, my county has like 25 cases, right? Like that's, that's like a joke compared to what New York is dealing with right now. Mike, we were talking a little bit earlier about some of the, guys who are working that have families back at home that they are trying to take extra precautions for. So you want to just share some of like some of what, what your friends are going through? Yeah, we, we got a couple of guys that are, are worried about their families, young kids, wives, 
I know uh, I know a couple of guys living in living in their cars. There's a couple of guys living in garages and tents. They don't want to bring it in the house. We're working under the assumption that everybody's exposed because they are. Everybody's exposed. You know, unless you're sick and symptomatic, you're going to work and you're doing your job. We're we're pretty much just everybody's just it's a waiting game to get sick. People are scared. People are scared of bringing it home. Yeah, that's that's wild. And again, like I said, the it's just a huge difference between guys like first responders and police and stuff like that, where it's yeah, it's in your backyard versus you know me. It's I mean that that's a, it feels almost like a different life when I go down range. Yeah. So um, I mean, I don't don't get me wrong. The city is uh, and the, the unions, the uh, Rob Rob's union, the uh, the local uh, EMTs and paramedics, and then our union, the uh, the UFA, the Uniform Fire Association, they're putting us up in hotels. There's some guys, you know, if, if the circumstances are so bad, they'll they'll put you up. So it's not like you know we're totally uh, totally screwed on this, but but yeah, it's 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 definitely a hard a hard time. You, you can't be with your your, your family, right? Like, yeah, who knows I mean, what's going to happen in these? Like we were just I'm talking sorry. about, you have a rough day at work. You know, most people want to go home and see their family and feel like they're normal again. And then if you have a rough day at work, you're, you're going to sit in a hotel or you're going to sit in your tent in your backyard or your garage, right? Like that's, that's yeah. not the way you want to come home from work. No, not at all. Rob, as you said earlier, I know you've, you contracted the virus, right? So I guess just tell me a little bit about that experience and um, yeah. So um, unfortunately, yeah, I contracted the virus. Uh, unfortunately it was, in my home, so uh, I, I was one of the unfortunate ones that bring, did bring it home to his family, and uh, I'm very blessed that Jessica, for the most part, her symptoms have subsided. Most of my symptoms have subsided. I haven't had a fever, so like Mike said before, I'm I am now clear to go back to work. Whether I have a cough or not, that's you know, the city doesn't really uh, they they need me to return. Uh, Mike mentioned the unions. I'm the union delegate at my station. So I've been contacting other members at my station to see how they're doing, those that have tested positive. And really, symptom-wise, we're everywhere. I had fevers. Uh, Jessica had one fever. Jessica had a lot of shortness of breath. I would only experience shortness of breath uh, on my walk to the bathroom. Otherwise, I'd be fine. Um, one of my members had has had dizziness for two weeks now. Another member... You just had a bad stomach. There, to figure this out, it's that's why, like Mike said, these numbers are going to be all over the board because we don't even know what the precise symptoms are. I never got the sore throat. The cough wasn't really bad until the back end. So everything is different. My concern for me, I get bronchial asthma every year. Am I going to develop pneumonia? I got lucky. I didn't. Two of my friends who are medics, perfect health. They both ended up in the ER. God bless their home. They're better, but there's no rhyme or reason to what we are seeing with regards to symptoms and how this virus runs through us. And that's, that's really the, the scarier part of it. Gotcha. Yeah. I think there's just a lot of unknowns in general with this whole situation that are, I think really kind of putting people on edge. Things you guys want to share with us as far as how things developing and uh, again on the union end of things, I'm seeing policy wise, 
and Mike sees it on his end too in different ways. Whenever a, uh, a procedure changes for us, we get what's called a buck slip. And the number of buck slips coming through with regards to how, okay, well, we're going to start doing jobs this way. We're going to start processing paperwork this way. You're going to treat patients this way. You're going to wear this mask this way. It changes every other day. I have stopped following the bug slips because I haven't been to work. When I return, which is actually tomorrow morning, I'm going to get there a half hour earlier and just read what is right now what I'm doing because it has changed immensely over the last three weeks. It's just, it's just so hard to keep up that tomorrow I go back to a completely different job. So it's just a, it's just a weird sensation knowing that tomorrow is like starting from scratch. Gotcha. Yeah, it's wild. Myself personally, obviously because I have family in New York, but also the rest of the country appreciates the work you're doing. And if anyone's been following the news, I mean, the, the outbreak in New York has just been, I mean, it's unlike anywhere else in the country. Um, you know, it's just New York is so population dense and there's subways and, you know, there's just so, it's just so crowded, right? Like you're walking down the streets and you're like almost bumping into each other on a normal day. So just, uh, you know, thank you from, not only for me personally, but from the wider obstacle course racing community and uh, the work you guys are doing. Mike, any other thoughts you want to share? He's, he's muted again. I, I, I let him know that. <laughs> but while we're waiting for him, I, I will say one, one other thing. I think when, when this is all over, uh, our, our other concern is just all, all, all the, the PTSD that a lot of, a lot of us are going to have from, from just seeing and, and feeling what's been happening to, to, to the, the city, the people around us, our, our own partners. It's just been a lot to, uh, to take in. And once this all winds down, it's going to be summertime and our call volume is going to be up again. We're just, we're decimated. We're 16% of our membership, our, our, our EMTs and medics are, are sick already. Right. So when they come back, it's, it's just, the, the besides the physical toll daily, the mental toll when this is all over the emotional toll, who knows where, where we go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, yeah. I'm back. My my fat face keeps on touching the mute button on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's a really really been a problem during this whole uh this whole thing. Prior to what uh what Rob said, I, I don't mean to cut him off or, or uh stomp out a conversation. Uh, you, you said that, you know, other parts of the country, like, just are watching on the news. I mean, I, I've been having a problem with, I'm a member of a couple of, uh, like, firemen Facebook sites and uh, social media things. And I think a lot of cops and firemen other, in other places of the country are having trouble really, uh, like, grasping what's what's going on in New York. I'm seeing a lot of... Uh, a lot of backlash over it. Oh, it's fake news, and uh, and the numbers aren't really up there, and everything typed. And I'm, I'm looking at the numbers. I'm looking at these people in real life, and it's it's happening. And you, you're trying to tell these guys, and they just want to go off on on whatever they think that you know to go with your agenda. There is no agenda. I mean, as far as we're concerned, I mean, that's that's not a conversation to be having right now. You know, we have to deal with the problem at hand. And the problem at hand is these people are getting sick. I mean, um, I mean, can it, can it be a political tool? Absolutely. But 
you know, that's not for us right now. It, right now, we have to deal with the problem. And I just want to say that, you know, it, it's really happening here. And uh, and Rob was touching on, on a little bit on PTSD and what's going to happen afterwards. And I just, I just want to say it's exhausting. It's exhausting just maybe waiting to get sick. It's exhausting washing and cleaning, washing again. You're on edge in a almost like a constant state of anxious awareness. And uh, I mean, there's, there's going to be some, uh, definitely going to be some hurdles down the road for these, uh, these guys dealing with this day in and day out. And I mean, the washing, if you're doing it right, it becomes almost insane, right? Because you're, you know, you touch something and then you're like, well, I have to assume everything's dirty. So you have to, you have to wash your hands after that. But then like, you have to be careful how you turn on the faucet. You have to be careful like how you're turning, how you're cleaning other things. You have to be careful how you're separating stuff. One of the units oh, it, I was in it, charge it, of was a chemical decon unit. And they, I remember watching them run through their practices where they would, um, you know, go through like mock things where like, all right, so you, you've got, you know, enemy chemical weapons on you. You know, how do you, how do you decon and how do you process that through? And it's just so insanely thorough. It's like, like you said, it's mentally exhausting because you're like, all right, now I have to remember exactly everything I touch at all times. And um, yeah. my wife is a, cook slash pastry chef so she's pretty good with uh hygiene so uh some of that my wife's pretty my wife's pretty on top of that because she's you know anytime we have like you know it, it's like dealing with raw you know raw uh, meat and put it like 10 times obviously much worse but you know similar concept where you have to be very careful how where you're touching and what you're washing so yeah i mean my, my particular unit in the fight department where a uh Similar to what you were talking about, where is CBRN, chemical, biological, radiological, and uh, and nuclear uh, decon unit. So we go through all that training as well. And it, it's you're right, it, it's crazy. It's an absolutely crazy process to wash down these people. And now you're you're doing it on less of a scale, but it's it's constant. It's and and it's, it's I mean every time somebody coughs, you're looking at them sideways, and you don't know like right what's going on i know personally i go i go running obviously a lot and i typically develop some sort of nagging cough that sometimes lasts for a while so now i feel like hyper paranoid every time i have to cough because i'm like like i know it's just from running because i haven't i haven't gone anywhere in like five weeks but yeah you know i'm like just you know my family's looking at me funny and stuff like that so they look at you uh, funny i was I had a piece of raisin bran stuck in the back of my throat the other day bre- at breakfast at work. <laughs> and like, everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy. Get them out of here. It's, it's absolutely nuts what's going on. I'm going to cough tomorrow. I have, my, I have an intern tomorrow. The guy's been on the street three days. I know I'm going to have a cough tomorrow. Even if I didn't have the virus, I'd have a cough. It's just allergy season. And uh, he's going to lose his mind. You know, like Mike, like you guys were both talking about, you know, just with the washing your hands. Before I, I got sick and I was on the street, my knuckles from wearing gloves all day were black and blue. My hands were, were destroyed from not just washing, but wearing the gloves. And you see pictures of these nurses and doctors who have the bruises around their eyes. And again, back to what Mike said about this being real, we are in the middle of it. There, there's nothing. Our bodies are just ravaged physically. 
let alone from whatever this virus will do to us, which again, back to another thing Mike said, we all have to assume we have this. And it, just the physical toll uh, and how we look at the end of the tour, it's, it's, it's exhausting. And for me to go back tomorrow, I'm exhausted just hearing about it for the last three weeks. For me to go back tomorrow, I know like, yeah, I'm gonna have a cough, the kid's gonna bug, I'm gonna come home, my hands are gonna be destroyed again. And Friday, I'll get up and do it all over again. Again, I, I just really want to thank you guys for sharing your story. You know, as as a friend and as someone who's known you guys a long time, I'm extremely proud of both of you. You know, I think we're our little small group of friends have some has some pretty amazing people in there. You know, you guys have you put yourself out there on a daily basis, and uh, so yeah, just re- really appreciate that. Yeah, any final. Uh, shout outs or things you want to say mike first thanks evan thanks for having us and uh and i know your sponsor highly uh sent us a little care package and we're, we're looking forward to uh to seeing that yeah that was super nice of them um and ufos another one of our team sponsors gave a bunch of nurses and medics um some of their shoes so uh pretty cool to see some of our conquer the gauntlet pro team sponsors helping helping people out all right. Uh, any other shout outs? Do you want to give Mike? Sorry, before I, if I got you off. No, that's it. That's it. Um, as far as these, like, uh, you know, these frios for like the first responders and, uh, and, and nurses and stuff. It, it, it's great. I mean, everybody has to eat. Everybody likes a, a lunch, but, uh, I think when this is all said and done, I mean, the, the real thing we got to do is, uh, invest back into small businesses and really help out the people that are going to be hurting. I mean, even though these, you know, the first responders and the nurses and doctors were on the front line of this, I mean, we, we're still getting paid. So it's not like, it, it's not like uh, we're hurting that bad. I mean, we're, we're, we're doing our job and we're getting it done, but it, it's the people that, are, that can't do their jobs right now that we need help later on down the line. So I, I think that's just what I want to get across. Gotcha. Rob, any final uh, shout outs or? Did you want to say before we let you go? Yeah, yeah well, I'll, I'll re- uh, hop on with Mike with regards to, you know, remembering small businesses that will hopefully uh, return to normalcy uh, sooner than later and, and high elite as well. Uh, I've been in touch with them and um, I'm looking forward to them. They want to take care of uh, me and, and my unit. So uh, we do appreciate that immensely. Every day I get pictures of just immense amount of meals that are sent to my station and how my members are taken care of. And, and that means a lot to us as well. So everybody out there that goes out of their way to, to thank us and put food on our plates. Uh, it's, we don't have a lot of time to eat. So to see a, a, a hot meal, it means a lot to us. So uh, shout out to everybody that's uh, just uh, gone out of their way to take care of us. Thank you for having us. And uh, you know, you, you, you set a bar, Evan, with regards to, to what, me and Mike can and, and everybody should be doing to, to be to better ourselves and, and to better this country. So thank you for having us. It means a lot to me. Awesome. Thank you, Evan. Well, it was good talking to both you, Mike and Rob, and uh, stay safe. Please keep your family safe and keep New York safe. And looking forward to when travel resumes again and I can head back to New York and see all you guys in person. So, Thanks, buddy. Can't wait to see you, man. All Cheers right. to that, brother. I'll catch you guys later. Bye. Bye.